welcome back to Mind Litter Podcast. We're back. Yay. And this time we have a special guest. Our first guest. Yes. Cassie, you want to introduce yourself? Hi. <laughs> uh, what do you want me to say about myself? Well, <laughs> who you are, yeah. what you do, <laughs> the all pressure, the good the stuff. On. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, my name is Cassie Sawyer. I am an art therapist and mental health therapist for intensive use. She's yeah. also a yoga teacher. Oh, yeah, and a yoga mm-hmm. teacher, and I'm getting trained in Reiki. And she nice. has a small business, right? Yeah. Local small business. Yeah. Root to Crown Healing. We're going to link all of her information I'm in the bio. I'm a top fan on that, by the way. You're a top fan on that? I am. I'm a top yes. fan on that. I literally <laughs> sent a text. Real one. Yeah, I got the badge for top fan. I'm just yes. sharing her shit. <laughs> so um, we decided to have Cassie on the show because we are going to talk about trauma this episode. So we wanted some professional input on that. So, um, yeah, we can just get into it. It um, sounds so, like, intimidating. It does. <laughs> trauma. Trauma. <laughs> that Big word topic. sounds like heavy you know like yeah it is heavy it is heavy yeah yeah so um I'm just fascinated with trauma honestly and like once I started learning about it I was like oh read more and read more and then my therapist actually helps me with trauma work too so that's how I have like an interest in it but um how'd you get interested in it Cassie me yeah I know it's always so weird I'm always like trauma's my jam but then it's like that's weird to say (laughs) um trauma I don't know like I was really interested in like early on in my career um like when I was in school it was really like a folk I had a focus of like prison work and I was really interested in that and so tons of folks there have trauma um and then I got really into grief and loss work um probably because of like family stuff and just seeing how that affected my family growing up um, and just like so many people have trauma. Um, so I think that that's kind of what pushed me into that kind of work. Um, and then also like all the things that I was interested in, like art and yoga, I realized were so helpful to help heal people who have trauma. So, yeah. Nice. And Grace? Me? Mm, <laughs> trauma? I definitely know like the traumas in my life like I could think back and be like I know that that was traumatizing or that like affected me and like even like stuff in my childhood I can if something like similar happens like I know what my reaction is like negative or whatever like in the present day because of like something I experienced in my childhood does that make sense yeah but I actually honestly don't know that much about trauma as like a whole I can just know like where what I've been affected by in my life that was like probably on that scale of like trauma Uh, but I don't know and I know like healing and I know like I'll write and stuff and like but as like like as far as like what you know and what you know Angie like I don't feel like I'm on that level so it'll be an educational yeah, episode for you. Definitely. <laughs> Learning like episode. I, definitely. Even yeah. for me too, I hope to learn some stuff. Yeah. So do you wanna, Cassie, do you wanna explain what in a vague sense trauma is? Yeah. So that's a big question. Okay. So my how I'm gonna put it is trauma is when you experience something, um, and that can be big or little. Um, 
Yeah. So like I was saying before to you guys, um, there's like big T trauma or little T trauma. So a little T trauma can be something that most folks wouldn't necessarily find traumatic, like, for example, um, a car accident. Most people can have a car, like be in a, a car accident and not have impairment in other areas of their life. Um, some people, for some reason, like that could be more traumatizing. Um, or there's like big T traumas, which are the more, um, what's the word, like <laughs> stereotypical things that you would um, like see in movies or media or anything like that that you read about. Um, and even some people can experience some of those traumas and still not be affected how other people would be. Um, so how I like conceptualize trauma, it's when um, you experience an event and that event causes impairment in your life and those experiences get stuck in your body and then cause other um, like side effects. Got it. Does that make sense? That totally. Does. Okay. Yeah. Does it clear up for you, Grace? Yeah. Nice. It does. So you got a idea of what it is now yeah like i feel like i kind of know what it is yeah. but i don't not like where i could speak on it and feel confident like right how you like you know what i mean like yeah it's especially so with like what you have like you went to school for this yeah and you've done so many trainings so She's it's a pro really, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and it's so complex and so many it's it shows up really differently for a lot of different people so that's why that's like a tough question to answer mm-hmm. for sure yeah And speaking on that, how does somebody or you, like, how do you, like, diagnose, even for people when they start to get an understanding of, like, this is re-traumatizing me or I'm going through something like that, how do you distinguish it between, like, just, like, having, like, a negative response pattern or, like, how do you know going forward once you understand what trauma is, like, this situation is traumatizing for me? Yeah. So, okay, there's two ways that I can answer that question. One is, like, the very clinical way, which I'll talk about briefly. Um, And then I have lots of issues (laughs) with the clinical kind of um, way of doing that, which I wrote about in my thesis. Um, And then there's kind of, like, another way that it might not be, like, registered or acknowledged in that clinical sense, but it's still definitely something that people are experiencing. So the clinical way, like they use something called the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Health Disorders, um, and that has like very specific criteria that someone has to meet to be diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Hmm. Um, You can still have trauma and not meet that full diagnostic criteria. Um, For me, it's more a question of like, is it causing impairment in other areas of your life? Um, or not and so like some of the criteria that you have to meet are like um, you know are you having flashbacks are you like did you experience this thing Um, or did you witness this Mm. or um, yeah flashbacks or nightmares or like body sensations or do you avoid topics that remind you of that or situations that remind you of that or anything so yeah how I would say it is like is it causing impairment or not and again, that goes back to like the big T, little T, like how, even though you experience that trauma, like how is it affecting you? Going forward? Yeah. And like, what are some things, like basic things that somebody can do if they're having like a traumatized moment, like in the moment to like almost like n- prevent re-traumatizing themselves almost? Does that make sense? Say it again. Like how, how, if you know what trauma is and you were in a situation that was traumatizing, like say like, I don't know, 
um, your family relationships, like your dynamic in your family is um, traumatizing in the sense that like you can't set boundaries with somebody in your family, something like that. And it's like preventing you from going to see them. How do you have a relationship with them since they are your family without like re-traumatizing yourself? Yeah, that's so complex. And so also there's like trauma and then this newer like version that's called like CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress. And so like that is like when you have like repeated experiences that are traumatic, they like compound. So that makes it super, super complicated Yeah, <laughs> to answer. And again, like I think it's different for every person mm-hmm. to answer that. And like one thing too about trauma, uh, and Angie, you can talk about it too that we were <laughs> <laughs> chatting about before, um, but like it's really about regulation. Um, and so trauma also is when you like get dysregulated in your body. And what that means is like you have something that's called a window of tolerance, which is the amount of distress that you can tolerate um, without getting pushed over that edge. And some things that happen when you get pushed over that edge, it's like if you're um, hyper, like over that, it could be like a panic attack um, or like activating that fight or flight response um, and feeling that like a lot of panic or like a hypo response, which is more like shutting down or that freezing point. Or you just like don't care, like you give up kind of. Mm-hmm. And uh. it's just like, you know, like, yeah, like frozen and like helpless and yeah. Just like numb to everything. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I forgot why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> About like how to prevent re-traumatizing oh. yourself. Oh, yeah. So I think really the key of like dealing with trauma is how can you regulate yourself, which is why I love things and took time to study and put my time and energy into things like art which is super regulating or yoga which is super regulating um especially like in even my yoga practice um or like the reason why I did the yoga training and even in like my thesis I focused on breath work because breathing is so good at um regulating your just the rest of your body like your whole nervous system Mm -hmm. um and your cardiovascular system and everything like that so I think that's like the key is like regulation nice yeah, because I can see that when I, now that I, I mean, I've been going to a therapist for like a year now, mm-hmm. and I used to go all the time when I was a kid, but I was a kid, so I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and I don't know what this is. My parents made me go, um, but now that I go, she points out stuff like that, like the window of tolerance and stuff like that, so I can see when I'm in a moment where I'm like going back to the trauma pattern that I had. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm freaking myself out. And then I get like super hypervigilant and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like spazzing, you know? And then I'll stop myself and I'll be like, why though? (laughs) Like I'll try to regulate myself with like, first I'll do the breath work and then I'll like calm down. And then of course I have my husband. So he's like, what is the problem? You know, like just like to check me. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm like, oh, okay. Like, let me just chill. And then I have to kind of give myself the moment to be like, okay, I need to chill. I'm like way out of my window here and then like come back to myself. So I just think that's important to like point out for other people who may not recognize what the window is and to be like, hey, are you like checking in with yourself to see if you're like going into that numbness mode of like, I don't give a fuck about anything. Or if you're like, I'm freaking the fuck out over something that like I just need to calm down a little bit. And so like it's like take finding a, second. a balance between the two. A balance between what? Two? Between getting too hyper or getting numb. 
Well, yeah, I and mean, it's not even like hyper, but it's or like just like hy- like like your hyperactive nervous system. Fight or flight. Yeah, so going into that fight or flight, and just like you said, like hypervigilance, like that's mm-hmm. one of the symptoms that it's like, you know, I'm always on edge or I'm really irritable or anything that's like me. that. That's <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. And so I think a big key, like to go back to your original question, like to answer that, it's like it is since different things are so traumatic and trauma looks different every person, like what is going to be helpful for that person is really going to depend on who that person is. Mm. Um, so for me, like in my therapy sessions, like therapy looks different for every client because they have different needs. Exactly. It's, I'm sure it's even more like, I know you don't work with children, but like, especially for like, if it comparing like a child to an adult, or if you go into like different demographics of people, which I know you are really passionate about race-based trauma, right? Yeah. So if you want to tell us what that is. Yes. And that, okay. So I also mentioned that I have like a little issue with the like diagnosis procedure. And I wrote about this extensively in my thesis. Um, So like part of what, so yeah, race-based trauma is my jam. I really focus on that. I think it's really important for me as a person of color. Um, What that really means is like, what are the traumatic effects that you've had or those symptoms that you're experiencing that are the same as the trauma symptoms because of the effects of racism and microaggressions and all those type of experiences. Um, And so like in the diagnostic criteria, one of the things has to be, or one of like the caveats in it is that you, um, like you couldn't have seen something traumatic on TV um, to be diagnosed with PTSD. And so I think that probably came about after like 9-11 mm. where everyone saw that traumatic event and then maybe had this reaction. Um, so they made that rule. But like I argued that like if you're a person of color and you keep seeing other like black people being shot on TV, like that's traumatic and mm-hmm. that's going to cause you to be hypervigilant when you're driving down the street and a police officer pulls behind you mm-hmm. or, you know, when you're in a store and you're going to be, you're, you're afraid that you're going to be accused of stealing something or anything like that. Um, well, <laughs> I keep losing. <laughs> it's okay. okay. No um, worries. Yeah. What was the original question? Um, just like how the tra- trauma difference, uh, differentiates between like different demographics of people oh, yeah. So like, yeah, and the treatment of that, like, how would you, I guess, how would you treat somebody for race-based trauma versus like quote unquote normal trauma? Yeah. Post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that, it's like, you just have to take that cultural component and aspect and have the conversation. Like when I do that work, it's like having those conversations about like, okay, what is it like to be in this culture climate that you can't change? Mm-hmm. Like it's not changing. Um, racism is a thing. And how do we work around that? Um, like because also it. it's like some of those fears are valid. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's like the safety piece too. Um, and then you had said too about like the difference in diagnosing, like for children, they have a different criteria and yeah, I don't work with kiddos. Um, <laughs> but like, I think it's under the age of six. Don't quote me. <laughs> um, no worries. <laughs> but that that diagnostic like criteria is different. So yeah, as a therapist, you also have to be practicing from like a culturally um, like knowledgeable place, right? Um, and like have that awareness of like what is cultural, what is not. Um, so yeah, it really depends on like each person. And when you were in school, did you did do they go over that in school like? okay, these people from this demographic are going to have different traumas and you have to treat them this, or like, how does that work? Yes, like there's a compo- or a cultural component in 
like we had to take a cultural class and um like as part of like having your license and practicing like that like you have to do continuing education on cultural pieces and like who's teaching that what's the quality of that so it really depends on each person and like their education and Mm. you know their lens as a therapist too yeah so it's complex like that's the thing like it's so complex to to treat and to understand because everyone is so different it's literally individual basis yeah 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 that's hard yeah so if you um relate to anything said in the episode um or if you even like want to connect with cassie where could people find you yes so my business is called root to crown healing and wellness um it's at root to crown healing on both facebook and instagram and you can email info at root to crown healing.com and my website is root to crown <laughs> we can put everything in the description <laughs> so it's a little bit easier yeah so everything is just root to crown healing pretty much and just out of my curiosity do you offer like over the internet therapy or over the phone therapy or is it only in-person therapy yeah so i okay so as an art th- like i do art therapy so that's hard to do virtually mm. um, i also bring a lot of the somatic work and my yoga knowledge and stuff into the therapy session so my preference is doing it in person however i do have um, the capability of doing telehealth um, so it's kind of like skype but it's hipaa compliant so it's like all regulated private with, yeah, yeah security and stuff like that um so yeah, like I prefer to work in person because you get so much more like, and trauma is so in your body mm. that as a therapist, I'm tuned into that kind of stuff um, with my clients, but you definitely can do it virtually too. Nice. Yeah. Accessible. Yeah. Being accessible is really big, um, like importance factor for me too. So especially I feel like with people our age, like just the, yeah, everything's so busy. Yeah, so busy wanna, and like affordability. Let's, let's just hit yeah. up the, our therapist online real quick. Yeah, what up? That would be so helpful if I could do that with my therapist. Like, yeah. can I just like chat with you? I know there's like HIPAA compliances yeah. and stuff that makes yeah. it super hard, but man, making things accessible is like so big for me. Yes, especially with therapy and like insurance. Yeah, that's a whole. Yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's probably a whole another another chapter. chapter. That's a whole another chapter. Yeah. Like, my insurance doesn't cover my mental health at all. So that's whack because I pay a shitload for insurance for my paycheck. Yeah, it's tough. Insurance is hard. Like, I'm uninsured because it's so, it's like it wasn't a good deal for me to have it. It's crazy that, like, doing what you do and you went to, like, did put all this hard work and everything and, like, you can't be insured because you can't afford it like yeah. it's crazy that just blows my mind like it's a that you're trying to be like you're really out here like helping people and then you don't get you insurance don't, yeah like <laughs> you might, you might want to fucking see a therapist and like how that's yeah how, yeah wow yeah it's a broken system so especially like in my business i really make it a point to be accessible to folks i offer sliding scale like that's important um I don't, yeah, I don't want to have fees that are too high that people can't get that access. And the folks that I really want to be doing that work with, like, already have so many barriers to getting even to, like, the place where they can contact me and Mm -hmm. connect with me. So, yeah, accessibility is definitely important. I just thought of something. Now, you do art therapy, right? So, do you do art therapy in, like, the 
race-based trauma or is it like separate are they the same thing like do you intertwine those things or like yeah so what I tell my clients is that like I have this toolbox full of things that I offer like traditional psychotherapy art therapy I'm trained in Adlerian psychotherapy um, the yoga I'm trained in two different types of yoga so somatic yoga and then just like traditional vinyasa yoga Um, so as much or as little as each client wants Um, So definitely someone experiencing race-based trauma can choose any of those modalities that kind of work for them. Some people are just like not into the art stuff and Mm. it's so healing and so helpful, but if they're not willing to go there, then it's not going to help them. So if talk therapy is kind of like what they want to do, then that's what we'll do. That's it. Again, individual. So just like customize for your clients. And yeah, and that's kind of like the, um, yeah, like the tagline of like what I do. It's like, it's therapy isn't one size fits all so Catered. like let's find what works for you mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's really good because I feel like at least when I think about it like childhood therapy or I think about the concept of therapy in my child mind I think it was at one point one size fits all mm-hmm. and it's just like that doesn't work for people <laughs> no, I think that people realize that now yes yeah. people yeah. come to age and they're like wait a minute no <laughs> it's way more <laughs> complex than that yeah Wow, I think I love what you're doing. Thank you. Yes. And even just like, if you guys could see her face right now, every time like we talk oh, about something, smiley. it sparks up. <laughs> yeah. Like this, I, Very passionate. I'm really, I'm, I love it. And I feel like I've learned, obviously, more than I knew before. So. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thinking about the whole trauma and like thinking about trauma, that small T trauma I might have. And then immediately I want to like, I would think about like oh like my little trauma compared to like what other people have been through or even like the race-based trauma like what I my small t trauma isn't like I just want to compare it yeah does that make sense like I just don't want to like almost like like you think it's nothing yeah like yeah and then like there's like some like other bigger trauma like that I know like but other people go through like yeah like or like I have like the like there's trauma I know that affects me like now and then there's trauma i know like i still haven't dealt with mm-hmm. well you can't. but like you don't have to deal with it unless you want to right well that's it's still gonna be or at the right at the right the at the right like i feel like what like some of the stuff from childhood like i'm just not ready to deal with yet yeah. mm. but i that's find myself comparing like the small like like the stuff like you I use ha- it like a scapegoat where yeah. you're like oh it's nothing compared to yeah. this so i'm not gonna yeah. deal with it yeah or mm. no, 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 I, not really, not that. Okay. No, not that. Okay, so, like, my small T trauma is, like, just, like, um, I get nervous when I have to go to, like, workshops for yoga or, like, learning environments or class settings because of, like, childhood, like, getting made fun of. And, like, it makes me really scared and, like, I hate the feeling. But I still, like, I can feel, like, I'll, sp- I'll feel, like, the same insecurities even now like even two weeks ago when I went to a workshop that it'll bring it'll bring me back to how I felt when I was a little kid yeah but I still go yes okay so first of all we can't compare traumas yeah to other people and that, again like you said like big t little t everyone experiences it differently um it's so individualized so just and like just because your trauma you don't think that it's as big as someone else's doesn't negate the fact that you still had that traumatic event right yeah um and then too like yes that's the nature of trauma where it is gonna cause those impairments or maybe not like you said like I can still get myself to go 
which is saying that like it's not causing so much impairment that you're unable to perform that um, work or like social obligation, um, but you're still having those reactions in your body, which is where trauma is stored. So it's just crazy how like stuff like that can make you like you can be like confident, and then like when you're in a setting like that you're like oh you shit, back. I'm like I don't even know. Like I thought I was like a like. A, like, like where shit, you, like yesterday, and now I'm like in that moment, now I'm covering up my heart in my like chest, and like yeah, like where do you feel it when you? Well, haven't I cover up? I I cross, cross your my arms. arms, and I just like don't really like like to look at anybody, and then my jaw hurts. Yeah. So you the clench? thing about trauma yeah. too is that it's so primal, um, and it, like that fight or flight system is like one of the first things that we develop and animals have that too. So all mammals have our vital organs in like our chest cavity. So when you're crossing your arms or when you're like getting small, that's a way of protecting yourself. I always give the example to clients. Like if you have, I have cats, I'm a cat person. So um, I just love to like flip them over and like play with their bellies. And they hate that because they want to protect themselves um, because that's making them feel vulnerable. Hmm. That's crazy. Never thought of that. Yeah. So a lot of those like sensations that we get too, of like tightness in the throat or in the jaw or flushing of the face or hyperventilation um, is all meant to protect ourselves. But that's, again, when it goes back to like regulation or dysregulation, it's our body trying to help us um, from what they what it thinks is a threat which it may or may not be. And like humans, okay, I'm gonna, we didn't practice it, but um, <laughs> there's a book called, and I've never read it, but there's, I know of this book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Um, and like the premise of the book is um, that, you know, like if there's a zebra and then it's like eating its grass and then it sees a predator, which what, is like a lion or something mm-hmm. like that, um, it will activate that like fight or flight reaction, run away, get away. Um, and then automatically go back to doing what it was doing, like eating the grass. Oftentimes, though, we'll see, because, um, you know, we'll get a lot of adrenaline from, like, to help us get away. Um, and then it will, like, start to shake and shake off all of that um, excess adrenaline and then just go back to performing its normal habits. But humans, since we have, like, higher functioning levels, um, we we activate our fight or flight system over things that aren't actually a threat. So the thought of maybe having to perform whatever act at the um, yoga training or whatever you were doing is causes that reaction where it's like we're in our head thinking about that, even though we're not in that stressor right now. Hmm. So that causes even more stress on our bodies and like your body's like run. No, <laughs> my body's like, Oh my gosh. But I think, yeah. And then, okay. So and so, like, not dealing with certain traumas, like, when I was younger, like, we, like, there's, like, my, my mom, we lost a sister. So, my mom lost her daughter. But I cannot, like, I physically cannot, like, right now I can tell you guys that because I'm just, like, in a different place. But, like, I cannot speak about it to my mom or, like, any, I don't think I've ever spoke about it with, like, any of my friends. Thanks like, for sharing it, it, that. Yeah, it's just, well, I, it's actually, it'll help me because it's been on my mind lately, like, I need to talk to my mom about it and because I know it affected me and I know have I was young I was like nine or something I have like these journals I've never read because I'm just like scared and 
But like then like something switched where like I literally like I, I like am like almost like in denial. Like when someone would bring it up or my mom has always been open about it. So she'll say something in front of like my friends and like I'll just like like it's just like a blank. Is that and, like, I dissociation? Don't yeah. Like that's kind of what because I like am, I just mute it. I go no not no i don't feel numb but like i just will you not just, like, like i'm not going there like i don't even i won't even respond it's like like i pretend like i don't hear it yep. <laughs> like that's yeah. your body protecting yourself like itself it's like nope yeah yeah not gonna happen and yeah just angie like you said like that dissociation is when that experience is too intense where you're just like i can't be physically present in my body right now so my brain is gonna go somewhere else yeah and just like disconnect from that and that's like is that something to protect myself, do you think? Or would that be something, because I don't want to deal with it? I think both are the same thing. Yeah. Both, both and. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. There's work there. God, Thanks for I sharing know, that. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I know some things that I need to work on, but I feel like it's okay because I've worked on other things and I'm just like working my way up to like yeah. the bigger things. Everything's a day yeah. at a time. Yeah. Yeah. What? But even like checking in like with and bringing that up, like what body sensations? Because even if you're not dealing with it, like that experience is still in you mm-hmm. right? triggering yeah. some yeah. body response and i think like almost like that like um might be like why like at a point like i was really hard for me to let go of people at yeah. one point in my life and i don't i always like wondered if that was why because i was scared of like losing like Could somebody be. or like even like not I, I i was like really young so but like or how I, it affected like the people in my life and it was just like dark and like you know, like it was really traumatizing probably for everybody. So I've like always like hated like like I like even like um, I've only had two boyfriends, but like letting go of like the relationship was so hard for me, even though I like almost didn't even want yeah. to be in it. And I just don't I feel like it was like that attached the stronger attachment because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want that to leave. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's like so weird how like I'm sure they're in. related. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I De- think so. That could be a whole other chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Know, attachment, attachment, and trauma. Yeah, yeah, attachment mm-hmm. and trauma. God, it's weird. Hand yeah. in hand. Mm-hmm. There's ton- yeah, tons of research on attachment and trauma. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what is something that I know it's individual and like people tr- are treated individual based on like what their needs are, but is there some like vague thing that you can do when you catch yourself maybe doing a trauma response like is there something that somebody can do to kind of like stop it in its tracks yeah I grounding like that's always my go-to of like how can you bring yourself back so even like talking about like dissociation that's you leaving the situation in your body how can you bring it back or mindfulness too like how can you bring it back to that present moment can you feel your feet on the floor um there's like five four three two one which is like um, going through your senses, so like five things that you can see, naming them in detail, uh, four things that you can touch, listing that out in detail, three things that you can hear, um, two things that you can, oh, I skipped, <laughs> whatever, hear, <laughs> yeah, see, smell, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, so like going through all those senses um, to kind of bring yourself back to the present moment. Or I always teach like square breathing. Um, so, you know, like how can you regulate your breath? to bring yourself back into your body. I yeah. feel like the breath is just so powerful it's the for key. anything, it's anything. The key. Like uh, especially if you're like breathing hard and like having a panic attack right. and you like well, make and your like breath like slower. your breath duplicates your mind. So like yeah. if you slow like just even for like the small t like if it's just like some like how mine is like, like you got been, tense. Yeah, like I got mm-hmm. tense like if I come back to my breath like I know that that'll calm me down. 
yeah. a little bit. Oh, this is such my passion. Wow. <laughs> and so and that you, could, people could relate that to so many things. Yeah. yeah. Well, even so, like, it's, like I said, it's, like, wiring yourself for protection. And so all these things really are trying to protect you. But, like, you know, so people will start to hyperventilate because realistically like as an animal that gets you more oxygen to your muscles so that you can get away faster uh, fight flight yeah right so running away um or even like people you'll, you'll see people get really nervous and they'll get really pale that's because all the blood is getting sucked to go to your heart so that it can get you more oxygen so like that cardiovascular system um is so important so like the breath and how that regulates your blood and stuff like that and even like you know you'll feel like the pumping in your chest and Mm -hmm. all those different reactions um yeah and then too like another thing is like being proactive about it and I like to find like sneaky ways of doing that so that's why I like have a yoga practice so I can practice and I practice hot yoga you know about me Mm -hmm. um that's because like that's a really intense setting but it's controlled and safe so I can practice like what happens when my body thinks that it's dying because it's really hot and I'm starting to you know like not be able to breathe because my chest is or my chin is like in my chest and Mm. I'm putting myself in like these different positions that are not typical that we're in right or even think about like camel pose that's the opposite Mm -hmm. like you're showing all those vital organs so that's really risky and Mm. like um, vulnerable and then in camel pose like something like that you can feel shit happening yeah yeah camel pose is a really hard pose for me to do for a very long time Um, And I don't do it all the time. But then, so the power of yoga is like, then you can regulate your breath and say like, no body, actually I am safe. So that when you need it in other situations, when you're about to have a panic attack or when you're getting anxious to do something else, like you can use those skills to regulate yourself. Um, I also say, so yeah, my things is like make art. That creative expression is amazing. Um, Do something that is like breath based um movement and creating pattern in your body so again like when people are nervous um you might notice like them rocking back and forth or fidgeting like tapping their legs Mm. or pacing back and forth that's us trying to return to that natural rhythm that we have in our body oh wow Um, mm -hmm. so doing something like that or walking or knitting is really helpful for people or even like driving with two hands anything that um can kind of help you use both sides of your body because that's integrating like your brain um, which can help heal trauma I also love dancing that's amazing I also tell people they can sing um, because oh, yeah another yeah another part with breath regulation is I talked about square breathing is like you know four second inhale four second exhale four second inhale four second exhale but I also like to do um, some maybe like a four second inhale and then a six second exhale. So lengthening that exhale because that's the opposite of what you do if you're hyperventilating. So that longer exhale you happen like babies will breathe that way or when you're sleeping, um, when you're calm and relaxed. So that can tell your body that you're just like safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, singing can is like a uh, longer exhale. What else? Yeah, stuff like that. So little sneaky ways of things that are like fun that people can yeah. do. Um, to just, just help you every day, yeah. yeah. To help you every day, build that resilience in your body. Sweet, yeah. Um, I was gonna say something. What was it? I really like the longer exhale. Yeah, yeah. I teach that. And in the all example the of the baby classes. too. That made me like calm just hearing oh. it. Like, oh mm. yeah, like I want to be calm like a baby, not crying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we want a chill baby. Yeah, <laughs> want to be a chill calm baby. <laughs> 
Um, I know we touched a little bit on like accessibility and that being some a problem for a lot of people. Do you know of anything that somebody could do who maybe doesn't have insurance or doesn't have a car or can't leave work to go to therapy hours? Like, is there like websites or resources that people can utilize to kind of do their own work without having to worry and maybe even get themselves more anxious and worried about money or expenses or something like that? Yeah. I think that there's lots of resources. And again, like as a therapist, I think that if you're doing that work, I would definitely recommend that you're like seeing someone who has that training instead of trying to do like self-help things, Mm -hmm. depending on how bad it is, because at least you have someone that has your back that you're checking in with. Um, I have a resource on my website that I made about how to find a therapist. Um, so ways that you can search. And like, like you said, like if you don't have a car, maybe you want to do telehealth sessions. Um, so therapists will list that on their websites. I'm also part of this, um, organization or collective that's called open path and open path providers provide, um, therapy for folks who are having accessibility issues. Um, so like, for example, for a person who has, wants to do individual therapy, um, the providers will offer a sliding scale between 30 and $60, which is heavily discounted from a lot of, um, other, you know, places that you go. Um, so it's cheaper options. And like, yes, like I said, like I'm an open path provider because accessibility is important. Um, and so different therapists can decide how many open path clients they'll take. Um, but at least that's an option. Um, there's also like cool resources in the twin cities to like, oh, or walk in counseling center, which offers free therapy for folks. It's not necessarily ongoing. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and then there's like crisis lines and things like that, that mm-hmm. can be helpful and accessible to people. Nice. And then cool, like apps too, that like breathing apps or meditation apps yeah. that can help not necessarily with, um, like the therapeutic or like the therapy part, but the different like therapeutic skills like breathing. Right. Good to know. So if you look, you can find probably stuff to help you out if you are at a disadvantage in any way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, thank you. for having me. Yes. It was actually really informative. This was, I learned a lot. I know. Thank you so <laughs> much. Cool. Yeah. First yeah, so I know, right? <laughs> so uh, one more time for the guests, like where can everybody find you? Okay. At Root to Crown Healing. Um, on both Facebook or Instagram. And then my website, which will list everything, is www.root2crownhealing.com. Um, or you can email me um, either info at root to crown healing or Cassie, C A S S I E, at root to crown healing. It's just me. I'm a one person business. So <laughs> <laughs> however you contact me, like I will get that. Yeah, and we'll put every, everything in the description so cool. it's a little easier. Yes. So if you guys um, have any questions or concerns about the episode or you just want to reach out and relate, you can always DM us at um, My Letter Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or um, My Letter Gang on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe and share and share. All right. Deuces. Bye.